Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Welcome to today's show. I'm Robin Stratton-Burkessel. And for regular listeners, you'll be aware that there's been a radio silence. There's been a gap in the show cadence. And my reason, da-da-da-da, drum roll, we moved. We moved from New Jersey excuse me, to Florida. And at the same time, I renovated and sold my father's property in Sydney, Australia. A lot going on, literally 24 hours a day, operating in both the northern and the southern hemispheres for many months. And I'm sure many of you can relate. Renovating, selling, moving and buying takes a lot of energy, physical, emotional and spiritual. Moving's a big change. And so my decision was to focus on getting those jobs done and then find and create a new environment. I've done that, so I'm back, refreshed and ready to go. (laughs) So for today's show, I couldn't be more excited than to welcome back Dr. Judy Krings. Judy, welcome. Thank you. And it sounds like you're renovating everything in your life. You go, girl. I'm telling you, you are grit personified, passion, perseverance. So congratulations for doing all of that. And it's a pleasure to be here with you again. Oh, Judy, I'm so excited. And you're right. So I know the topic today was we're going to be talking about neuroscience and how that impacts um, you as a coach and the people that you are coaching. And all I can say is with all the new experiences I've been having and all the new habits I've been having to form, my brain and my neurons are expanding. I'm kind of fired up. (laughs) Okay, they're fired up. And, you know, that's a great that's a great segue into just how important thinking about your brain is. Um, Some people think, oh, your brain, you think with your brain, but really your gut, your heart, your brain you're tying them all together because in these moves and taking care of your family's estate, you're associating your heart, which I'm sure hurt with trying to renovate in Australia and starting over or letting go of that. Your heart did, your gut told you, I got to get moving. I've got to get back to my business. Maybe your head did too. And then your head said, how the heck am I going to get all this done? So you are a walking example of how, neuroscience, meaning brain connections. And those little neurons are all connecting with something new. And the more you focus on learning something new in your life, the stronger your brain gets. So mm-hmm. it doesn't get much better than that. So great rationalization. Great. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Yes, and it's having that level of consciousness that I think gives us greater power too. Um So, you know, we know that our brains process data coming in, just as you've referenced, and the data already in our bodies, right? 
Um, right. And so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation, to all that you have to share with us about how this knowledge of neuroscience can help coaches and their clients. And it's not only coaches, but all of us can benefit because after all they say, and it, I, I kind of believe this, knowledge is power. And so having some knowledge about how our brain works can only help us be more powerful. As a start to our conversation, before we get into it, I'm really curious, um, Mm -hmm. what might have influenced you in your earlier life to do the work that you do, Um, particularly the focus on positivity and well-being? Because that's, you know, that's, you are a positivity coach and you come from the field of clinical psychology and you teach, mm-hmm. you teach positive psychology through mentor coach. So is there anything in your background or your earlier life that kind of led you to this path? Yes. And, and I'll be kind of brief. Um, humor really helped. I'm a very serious person and that surprises people because I use humor all the time. But when I was young, I was not humorous. Um, I loved my parents very much. I was especially close to my dad. But what got me interested in psychology uh, was when I was 16, I was uh, chosen as a top science student to go to the University of Delaware to try to figure out how I might learn more about science. And there was, I think, one, one kid from every high school, and I got chosen. And a beam of light actually came down. We could choose three fields of study. And right from, you know, the gymnasium ceiling, a beam of light came down and it hit this like monopoly sized card that said psychology. Hmm. And I didn't even know what it was. I thought it was like animal experimenting or I I wasn't sure what psychology was, you know. Um, And this is a zillion years ago, of course. I've been a psychologist for over four decades. So I went there saw what they were doing in their lab, and I knew right then and there, I am going to be a clinical psychologist. Why? I wanted to figure out why my dad was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Because he, he was a wonderful man, funnier than all get out, the hardest working man I've ever known. But on the weekends, as I got older, uh, in high school, junior high school, maybe high school, he got drunk every weekend. And he was so wonderful. I wanted to figure out why does he do this? And is there anything that I can do to help? Then, so I went into clinical psychology, thrilled to death with that my whole career. And um, my husband developed uh, some pretty severe um, medical uh, concerns and he needed to be in the warm in the wintertime. And I thought, how the heck? I can't do clinical psychology anywhere warm. I'm only licensed in the state. Long story, we had a condo in Mexico. I got certified by the International Coach Federation and got really interested 10 years ago in positive psychology. Mm -hmm. And I love it because it's focusing on what's right about people, not what's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, a clinical psychology is you figure out what's the diagnosis, what's wrong, then I'm the consultant. I'm the hotshot. I've got to come and give you all the stuff that's going to get you feeling better, out of anxiety, depression, whereas positive psychology is focusing on what's right. Mm-hmm. And helping you, creative, resourceful, whole, giving you powerful questions and um, activities to help you discover your own wellness and well-being and how you can flourish. So the client is in charge. And boy, is that wonderful. Yeah. So abs- thank you for yeah. asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that personal story. I often find that, you know, mm-hmm. they're the kind of drivers that um, 
you know, shape our lives. So the topic mm-hmm. that we're talking about today is how to whip up well-being with five mm-hmm. brain-based strategies. So why don't you start with saying why knowing how our how brain science works is important for both coaches and their clients? Okay. Well, first of all, um, sometimes people think positive psychology is the same thing as happyology. Mm. So when you uh, when you let your client know that you're as a positive psychology uh, strategist or practitioner or whatever, that you are empowered and and invested in using the scientific rationale. Okay, that that what you are coaching them around. Uh, is valid, reliable, and based on the scientific evidence that we have now. So it's not just, listen, just feel good, you know, come on, think positive thoughts. No. Yeah, that's great if you can do it, but that's not based on science, Mm. okay? So we want our clients to buy in on their coaching knowing they can expand their learning and strengthen their brain actually physically by these activities that we can help them learn how to do to employ. For example, this morning before your show, I mean, I've had radio shows and TV shows myself, but I was a little nervous. And so I repeated Barbara Fredrickson's um, scientifically um, proven to help you relax little meditation. May I now be filled with loving kindness. Mm. May I now be safe and protected. May I now be resilient in mind and body. May I now live with sense of ease and joy. Mm -hmm. And then I did that for you. You know, may Robin now be filled with loving kindness. May Robin now be and so forth. And Mm -hmm. that when you learn a habit like that, your brain takes the neurons. The more you learn something, the fatter your brain gets. Mm-hmm. So one neuron, which is a nerve cell, connects to another, connects to another, connects to another. And that's how your brain puts a roadmap down, literally, with real physical neurons. Neuron is one nerve cell. And so there are hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands, millions of these connected when you make a habit. So clients, when they learn new habits, are actually adding weight to their brain and even in a lot of cases, preventing or delaying the onset of dementia. Mm. Isn't that amazing? And how long have we known that uh, in terms of well, neuroscience? I don't know how, how lo- yeah, we've known it for many, many years yeah. that use, use it or lose it in, in brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you use your body's three intelligences together, your gut feeling, your intuition uses one part of your brain. Your heart is hooked up with another and your brain, of course, is hooked up with everything. Mm. But that we've known for many, many years, but in positive psychology and in neuropsychology and neuroscience, we're expanding that learning now to the lay population. Yeah. So we've known it for many, many, mm. many years. It, it's just now we're trying to word it so the public will understand that coaching uh, actually improves your physical health as well as your psychological health. Mm. Yeah, well, we know that um, positivity can be learned. Um, So, you know, it's the learning, which is the application of new thoughts and new behaviors. So what about for coaches now? Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. Well, it expands our credibility. Um, When people know that we're not just talking, you know, uh, we're not talking just for the sake of talking. What we're helping uh, sometimes 
if you're a consultant, this works. Sometimes we have to stop coaching and I'll say, may I be a consultant for a minute? And um, I will explain a little bit if they're interested on why expanding their brain function is important to them in terms of work and at home and so forth. But as coaches, it makes me feel, as a coach, it makes me feel confident that what I'm delivering to my client is going to help him improve his brain function and that it's research-based, that what I'm doing has been researched as working. So this impacts everybody all over the world. When, you know, we, we all, if you're a walking human being, you've got a brain that you can stretch yeah, and, and so, expand. Yeah, yeah, and so this brings up the term neuroplasticity, right? If our brains right. change I- and can stretch and are malleable, we can shrink right. certain parts of the brain. We can expand others. Talk to us a little bit about mm-hmm. neuroplasticity. Well, again, the brain is made of nerve cells. They're called neurons. Okay, so you can think of it as uh, think of a neuron like your hand. All right, uh, there's a, a there's a, a middle part or the beginning of the neuron that's like roundish, and mm-hmm. then it's like your arm. The, the your arms going down to your fingers, and your fingers. You don't need to remember this are dendrites. Okay. So if you spread your fingers out, there's only five on your hand, but there's a zillion on some neurons. Okay. So each one of those fingers can connect with other nerve cells. Mm. Okay. And that makes your brain really, really strong. And then there are other parts of the brain called glial cells that support the neurons and, and make your brain denser, heavier, which makes your brain healthier. Is that so why I'm gaining weight? Re- <laughs> <laughs> Your brain is getting heavier. You you know, on some of those UFO, how they have the little skinny necks and a great big head. That's what's going to happen to you. You're you're getting so smart now. So the neurons that that fire together and neurons, of course, carry electricity. So boom, boom, boom. When you learn something, the electric current is shooting around your brain, you know, making your brain pay attention. So neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm -hmm. The more complex a task, anything you're doing, you're learning, the more neurons connect to other neurons. And this makes the brain stronger too. Anything that's choreographed, like dancing, you know, you're listening to music, your, your arms and feet, your whole body's, you know, in it, playing a musical instrument. Your brain's got to think about the notes, your fingers or your mouth have got to work together. Learning a new language, Ush, this is really hard for me. I, I, I haven't done as much learning Spanish as I want to do. I find it very frustrating. It's not easy anymore. Um, but learning a new language really uses uh, a lot of the brain. It's a very good to, to develop your brain to ward off dementias. So the more you use your brain, those neural pathways, those brain bundles, the more you develop them, okay? So it's like super gluing learning, healthy habits and healthy habits make you feel resilient you know you're stronger yeah I know you both you and I focus on strengths because that really focuses on positivity when you're working to your strengths and um and so when we when we think about curiosity and novelty and creativity I mean not all of us have those as key strengths but I'm thinking about uh you know in preparing for this conversation with you, I was thinking about those particular attributes and that the characteristics, they're kind of almost natural, I would say, in the behavior or the characteristic of kids 
whose brains mm-hmm. are growing all the time. And so Absolutely. there's so the insight that I had was, you know, as adults, if we can cultivate that curiosity, that creativity, that novelty, and that sense of wonder that kids have, then that only makes sense that we're actually strengthening our brains. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think you want to have those characteristics forever, as long as you live. I, I sometimes joke uh, and say, I hope I'm still learning on the day I die. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to ever stop learning. And love of learning is not in my top 10. Isn't that fascinating? That always surprises people because I like learning a lot. I'm, I'm fascinated by the world, but it isn't even in my top 10. But I think if you put that love of learning, what can I continue to learn that jacks me up, that I can be zestful about? It can be a teeny tiny thing. Um, I love to learn about photography. I, I don't take enough time to do it because I'm still working a lot like you do, but I love to edit photos. You know, I'm just getting into a few apps. So anything that stretches where you already are, if you think of life as continuously fun, Life is just one big opportunity. If you sit and watch TV all day long, your brain is going to get atrophied. It's going to shrink. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even in adversity, Judy, you know, um, the the learning opportunities are still there. Um, oh my gosh! When you and I were trying to, I'm going to tell on us. Tell on us, okay? We it, it took it took. Uh, tell on us, okay? Uh, tell yeah, the world. I'm going to tell on us. We we tried to. Um, I'm in Mexico, and um, Robin is in Florida, and all over the world for that matter. And we could not get our technology to work on two occasions, and she did far better than I. Uh, with having patience and grit because why because to me I was failing and so I had to tell myself okay Judy you are not failing you can't get your technology to work this is just reality listen to Robin who's who is very wise about this now on the background I'm going I'm a positive psychology coach and I'm not handling this and I'm going shut up Judy (laughs) the old inner critic is coming out and I go okay patience but I didn't get into the patient line Judy Mm. stretch your patience strength right now let go of what is not serving you it's not serving your brain to get it ratcheted up so you are not failing technology is not your strong suit you know that love yourself accept yourself allow your brain to just rest take a breath live with some ease but I think it takes work it's not always easy when you use positive psychology, your brain, my brain defaults to one, two, three, four, five. Uh, and so does everybody's. So sometimes we need to figure out what is that negativity, which is normal for us to default to. I don't like to fail. You know, I'm pretty competitive with myself. So know what your bugaboos are. And positive psychology and strengthening your brain will really help you learn a new way to be. But it's not always easy. And it's important to know that. You've got to have hope. Yeah. Hope is really, really important. So, Judy, when, we, when you're talking about that, you know, all those rational things that you're saying kind of are mm-hmm. in the um, prefrontal cortex, the front part of our executive brain. 
But when right. you know that stress and that fear takes over, it's um, right. we're we're operating from a different place. And so, right. I'm really curious to shift now to what might be the f- the five brain based success strategies. Right. Let's get to the main course here. All right. Um, First of all, I think people are going to be surprised at how easy some of them sound. And and they are actually easy to do, most of them. But we need to use mindfulness, okay? Because if you want to learn something, you're going to have a focus or an awareness to be mindful of this is what my goal is, to have a learning mindset, a promotion mindset. Okay, so number one, embrace novelty as your new best friend. Mm. Okay, what is new about this? Or, you know, what can I create? Let's say you have learned um, when my husband comes home late for work, I get angry. Okay, so what's a novel way that you could use some strengths that you could find a new way to create a habit so you did not get upset when he got home late from work, okay? So one is that you may say, okay, I'm gonna look at my strengths, all right? What strengths can I use? And most people are familiar with taking the VIA, the Values in Action, um, 24 Strengths at viacharacter.org. But look at what strengths you have, okay? So, and stretch one of those. So you might say, you know, how could I appreciate that my husband is really working hard for me and sometimes he does work overtime. So instead of being angry every time he's late, what could I do? Can I feel hopeful and optimistic about my ability to talk with him about it? Um, Might I use humor with him and just say, hey, you know, was was there a big accident today? Not sarcasm, but just some way to go over and give him a hug and say, oh, my God, are you my husband? That one? So (laughs) try to find that that, that guy that I really love. Wait a minute. Let me make sure you're him. Okay? Because he's going to be home at 5 o'clock and he's home at 630. Hmm. You know, so... Again, not to be sarcastic or rude or anything, but to find a way that works for you, a novel way. So it's really you're saying, so you're indicating there that humor is perhaps one of your strengths. And so it's how you apply that strength to this context that might be making you angry. So you kind of reframe it based on your strengths. Right. So if if you're straight, like my uh, my second strength is capacity to love and be loved. Mm -hmm. So I will say to myself, listen, I love my husband. He loves me. He's not late on purpose. So maybe I need to have a talk with him about letting me know, text me or whatever. Uh, And I'm just going to love him now instead of being frustrated and upset because that does not help my brain. It makes me tighten up and go back to my don't Mm -hmm. get eaten machine, aggressive brain you know, of wanting to throttle him. Yeah. And that's like, that's not where I want to go. And you're contracting, right? You're, you're contracting right. as you do that. You get smaller and tighter. It's not good. Right. Mm. Right. And you can create new habits. Let's say, for example, um, you don't like driving and you're whining about, I don't like driving at work. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So you could create a new habit by saying, you know, I'm going to stretch myself and I'm going to try a different route to work and see if I like that better, if that's possible. You know, some parts of the country, you can't do that. But some parts you could. You could say, and then be proud of yourself. I'm trying something new. Maybe you'll like that route better. That's great. So the first one is then you were saying embrace novelty as your new best friend. Right. Stretch. And stretch. Stretch, stretch. stretch. Okay, good. Yeah. 
Good. This this fires new neurons in your brain. Okay. This begins. It takes anywhere from 60 to 120, you know, even more than that days to create a new habit. A new habit means neurons, nerve cells are actually physically connected in your brain. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your brain is actually learning something new. It's like playing a violin for the first time. You don't play well until you have practice, 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 because your nerve cells then connect. You have cell assemblies and the habit becomes easier. When you pick up the violin, it becomes much, much easier after several months of practice. Mm. The same way, anything that you create that's new for your brain strengthens it. Yep. So maybe good. you've always wanted to dance and never did. Go ahead and take the stomba lesson. Look stupid. Who the heck cares? You're <laughs> making your brain healthy. That's it. I don't care what you all think. I'm just making my brain healthy. That's that. right. That's right. I, I'm not going to let you judge me. I might look <laughs> stupid and I might be stupid, but I am going to have some fun out here learning how to samba mm. and I might meet some new people and I might go out with them afterwards and I have just stretched my brain beyond what I thought mm. was possible. Well, let's move on to number two now. Okay. Number two is really cool too. Uh, it's be open and willing to experiment in life, um, an openness and a willingness to look at our negativity as well as our positivity, to let your inner kid out, play with ideas instead of, I'm, I tend to be pretty controlling. You know, I'm pretty exact in my work. I like my ducks. Now, if you look at my desk right now, you say, are you nuts? That woman's got no control because I have paper spread out all over creation, but that's how I work. But be open and willing to experiment that it just doesn't have to be your way or it doesn't have to be one idea. You and I needed to do this, um, Robin, when we could not get any of these technologies to work, right? Mm -hmm. We had to be open and willing to challenge ourselves to find a way and not quit or, or get super disturbed. So if you can play with an idea, this morning I said to myself, how can I, I, I was looking at the plants here on the terrace in Puerto Vallarta and I wasn't liking something. And I thought, you know, I need to play with some ideas to do some plants differently because they're not suiting my eye. So I need to open up my idea of how this terrace quote should look and just play with ideas of how I might do it differently. So let out your inner kid, you know, let yourself, let those ideas just flow with creativity. Let go of control. Get a little messy, make mud pies, dig in the dirt, screw up, accept your failure. Your brain will get healthier. Why? Because you're allowing new ideas, as we talked about in number one. Mm. You're allowing novelty to come in. Think outside the box. Excellent. Your brain will get stronger because it's looking for, your brain is looking for a different place in it. If you saw my hands, you would just see my hands going all in front of me. Um, mm. Your brain's looking for a different place it can fire to teach you something, to learn something. Your brain is huge. We, we only use a, a, you know, a certain part of our brain and the rest of it's laying around doing nothing. Mm. So we may as well you know, get, it, you know, get it stimulated. So interesting. I'm thinking for all those people who are, I'm going to use the term I don't like it, but workaholics, people who just work, work, mm -hmm. work. Here's a good um, strategy to kind of get out from work and do do something different, whether it's the dancing or a new hobby or travel or whatever, you know, your budget allows or your environment allows. 
So that's part right. of the experimenting. Do get out from just working so hard all the time because you're not really helping your brain get healthier. No, you're not. We're up to number three now. Three. Yeah. Um, you 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 uh, talked about this earlier, and that is take a pause and kind of cock your head once in a while and be curious about what's going on. Mm. Mindfully curious. Um, somebody does something or says something you don't like instead of that immediate normal anger you might have. What if you just noticed what was going on within you and were curious about it? You were mindfully going to look at this in a different way other than maybe the person said something that was rude. You know, like, are you really like this all the time? And you say, oh, man, that book. Then you might go, isn't that a curious question? I've actually reflected that when somebody, it's not been often, but when somebody says something to me that is a little bit, you know, like, hmm, or, or rocks me a little bit, I'll go, wow, that's really a curious statement. I'll really need to think about that mm-hmm. because I want to be open to how I want to respond. That's in the negative. In the positive, it's like, wow, isn't that interesting? Traveling is one of the best ways you can improve your brain. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And not everybody has money to do it. I know, but you can go take a walk in your neighborhood and walk a different way than you've walked before and be curious about everything you see. Mm-hmm. You can scour the internet, be curious, learn, find something you're really interested in and dive in, dive yeah. in. Yeah. That will help you get out of your box. That's confining. And it also boosts all those 10 emotions that researcher, positive psychologist, Barbara Fredrickson talks about. Yeah. Those 10 positive emotions. You want me to list those real quickly? Yeah, why don't you? Okay. Joy. Gratitude. Serenity. Interest. Awe. Amusement. Hope. Pride in what you do inspiration and the grandmommy or daddy of them all love Mm. how can i love myself and love others how can i have self-compassion how can i have compassion with others this stretches your brain and reminds you to get out of that you know uh fight or flight mode of negativity and defensiveness yeah and um when you talk about being curious I'm linking mm-hmm. it through the lens of appreciative inquiry where the focus is on the inquiry, inquire. And to me that um, correlates with curiosity in a way. You're, you're seeking to inquire into new things, into existing things. So you stay in that open place of inquiry, um, which feeds your curiosity. Very That's healthy. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I love appreciative inquiry. You know, look at your world, look at the words you're telling yourself about your world. Or I say to myself sometimes, okay, Judy, I did this last night. I said, Judy, I talked to myself, Judy, what is the story you are telling yourself about this? Yeah. And then I'll go, "Mm, I'm laying on some stuff here. So I need to inquire what is going on with me that I need to take a look at. And I, I, I want to recreate a positive message rather than, you know, let that old lizard brain uh, of my past take over. Yeah, very good. So are we up to number four now? We are. Okay. This this one is really interesting to me. I am a saverer. How about you, Robbie? Are you a a big saverer? 
I do savor. You savor things? Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I savor uh-huh. them and let them linger on the things that I like and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, to savor means to be mindful in the moment of your five senses. Like right now, I'm writing with a purple pen, a Uniball Vision purple pen. All right. Why? Because I wanted something different. Uh, to write a note with in case you said something, which you always do, that is so important, okay? Like the word renovate that you talked about. I love that word renovate because positive psychology helps you renovate old thinking, (laughs) create a stronger brain by developing new habits. But I like to have fun, so I wrote with a couple, okay? (laughs) So favoring life means taking the little things and really making them big things. Taking a magnifying glass to your coffee in the morning and really really savoring it and knowing you're lucky that it tastes so good. Another thing with savoring is remembering past past, which we don't often do in coaching, but remembering past happinesses and joys in challenging times. uh, There's a part of body centered coaching. Remember those three brains, your, your gut, your heart, and your head. We have three intelligences, but We call it remembering the resource. So Mm -hmm. when you're stuck sometime or you want to expand, you stop for a minute and you go back in your past and you say, okay, is there a past time in my life when maybe, maybe you need zest because you're really tired? Was there a time that I was zestful? Was there a time I was humorous? Mm. Was there a time that things were going really, really right in my life? What were the strengths that I was using? And can I resurrect those and bring those strengths up to now? Like, for example, if you're nervous about something, you say, okay, I remember when I did this, this, or this, I was nervous, but I did a really good job anyway. And I'm going to bring that optimism up to the future. And I'm going to say, I have what it takes to do this. I'm going to do a good job on it. I'm going to let go of fear and I'm going to move forward. So I'm going to remember the resource of optimism Mm -hmm. and be grateful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gratitude is probably the strongest um, strength in terms of helping you get through life. Mm. Love of learning strengthens your brain, but gratitude and love of learning together, thats those are two strengths. Gratitude, love of learning are the most independent of the strengths that help you develop well-being and flourishing. Okay, so if you want to really stretch your brain, use gratitude. And again, love of learning is is stretching your brain by developing new neural pathways. Mm. They so they give you more well being. And then hope is really important too. To have optimism and hope, uh, that's a strength. Hope and optimism mm. is a strength. That is the third strength that's very powerful to help you. Yeah. Thanks for, link- on your life. Thanks for linking it back to strengthening and growing your brain because that's mm-hmm. what we're here. These are success strategies that are brain-based to strengthen right. the capacity of our brains to um, live right. a, a fuller life, a richer life. Mm-hmm. What else can you say about that or should we move on to five? Sure. Now, let's do, let's do real quickly here. Um, remember that your strengths used with those 10 positive emotions bring you joy and well-being. Yeah. Okay. And how you can stretch that is take one positive emotion like gratitude. Okay. And uh-huh. say to yourself, I'm going to write down today, um, things that I'm grateful for. 
And don't keep doing it every day for a month because you'll get tired and habituated and you won't want to do it anymore. But just maybe one day or, or you can say, I'm going to write down one or two gratitude things that happened to me today for a week. But then don't do it again. Just you can stretch. It doesn't matter which positive emotion you pick. You might pick um, interest. What was I really interested in today? And just write one thing a day to stretch that, that power of remembering interest is a positive emotion. Okay. That's great. Another one is imagine your future being positive. This is really important. There's new research on this. Imagine your positive future self. Imagine yourself in the future, six months to five years. Imagine what you want that it's come true. Okay. Imagine you already got there and then kind of backwards backtrack and say, okay, which one of my strengths and positive emotions can I use to plan to mindfully get where I want to get to be positive. And this stretches your brain. You also have to rest it. You know, if, like you were talking about workaholics. Um, if, they only, if you only find your happiness in work, you will burn out because life is more than that. You are an entire human being. So rest is really, really important along the way. Mm-hmm. So another one is watch funny TV shows. All right. Cancer patients and other sick people physically When they laugh, laughing is healing. The Buddhists even have laughing meditation. (laughs) (laughs) And they sit around and laugh, and they all laugh together. And And it's contagious, right? It is. And it produces endorphins, and it kills off that bad cortisol, that bad jacking up. Cortisol, Cortisol can take like 24 hours or longer. That's the stress chemical. Yeah. If you if you get stressed up, if you get it could take you more than a day to have your cortisol level reach normal. Isn't mm-hmm. that unbelievable? Yeah. So if you want to have a healthy brain, you got to decrease that cortisol and laughing is one way to do it. Get mm-hmm. up, do a crazy dance. I I get up and do the gratitude dance, you know, and that's moving your arms up and down. Woohoo! Who cares? <laughs> yeah. You know, it makes you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. So um, fantastic. Have we covered all five now? Well, the last one, and and I alluded to it, is humor. You know, harness your humor. Rest is important, like we said. Um, Research shows laughter heals. It increases your longevity. You actually can live longer, up to eight years. Wow, think about that a minute. If you decrease that cortisol level, Mm -hmm. okay? Also, important before we end here, is in relationships. Oh my gosh. Okay. The power of positive relationships, like in Dr. Seligman's PERMA, you know, positive emotions, engagement, positive relationships, that's our relationships, meaning in your life, accomplishment, mm-hmm. and then health or vitality is often added. Yeah. But relationships are probably the most important for your health than maybe anything else. You have got to have other people in your life that love you, that support you, that care about you. So really look at that. Use active, constructive listening. You know, hear what they say. Celebrate with your family, with your friends, and you will be a lot happier in your life and your brain will thank you. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us of that. I mean, connection is a huge one. And you think about long, longitudinal studies of people who live long lives, longevity in their lives, it's usually in cultures that have the extended mm-hmm. families, right? So, right. Um, so the nuclear family where you don't have, you know, people, people around you as much, 
um, tend not to live as long as people like in, you know, some African cultures, in Japanese mm-hmm. culture, in other cultures where you still have a big, um, big family around you to support you. Right. I see that in Mexico here all the time. It yes. is my favorite part about living down here yes. is the people. The, the people here are so loving, so kind. Several places, little restaurants that we go out to eat are like family to us. Yeah. So we have an extended an extended uh, connection of people that we exchange love with. And it, it's just extremely, extremely important. If you don't have natural family, make close friends. I, I'm sure, Robbie, you probably have people that are close to you like family. My family is tiny, but I have a huge support system with very close friends that are like my brothers and sisters. Mm. Yeah, it's really important. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, as you've been going through these five strategies, I've been thinking more and more about why appreciative inquiry works so well in organizational and community contexts and also in when, it's, when you apply this lens to one-on-one coaching because basically all of these five things come out through the appreciative inquiry process. And mm-hmm. I hadn't had that insight until listening to you today. Oh, so I'm going to go back and, and kind of now use this lens that you've shared with us today and overlay it onto the work that I do in appreciative inquiry. Um, because, you know, particularly, you know, having a positive future is all about, we mm-hmm. call it the anticipatory principle. It's about the mm-hmm. capacity to imagine and to dream right. what, you know, where you, where you might be and how you're using your strengths, mm-hmm. who you'll be with, what you'll be doing. And it's, you know, so all of these things do really connect. So I'm delighted to have this insight um, today, Judy. That's great. Oh, it, it, well, that's wonderful. It, and this is what, you know, coaching positivity and being a positive psychology strategist, being a positive psychology coach, being a positive psychology consultant – um, we're all connected. We, we want mm-hmm. to help people with more well-being. We want them to develop more well-being. We want them to flourish. And it's wonderful that you can apply this to your appreciative inquiry work. Uh, you remind me of that sunflower that you so much like because it's so bright and cheerful. And now you've added a few more sunflowers to the bouquet. <laughs> and that makes me very happy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as, as human beings, just like flowers and sunflower being a big dominant one, um, you know, turn to – it's the heliotropic principle, right? Turn to the sun for mm-hmm. warmth and light. Right. And that helps us flourish, um, we need that. Well, that. It comes back to connection again with other people. We need the warmth. We need the light to help us be the best that we possibly can be. That's just you know one of the one of the ingredients in living a more full life. Absolutely, and just one little one little tidbit more. If you look at Barbara Fredrickson's research on micro moments of love, yeah. when you look at somebody at 15 seconds, 30 seconds in the eye and you just smile, you're actually exchanging energy, your brain with their brain. So love isn't like, oh, I love you. You know, love now is physical. It's brain based. Isn't that amazing? Mm. So you can look at your butcher, you can look at your florist, you can look at your neighbor and smile at them for a few seconds and exchange that positive energy. Um, and it actually makes you healthier. Yeah. So, wow, 
Well, it releases the chemicals in the brain that fire right. those neurons. Yep. There you go. Um, there you and go. And so, you mm-hmm. know, she talks about Barbara Fredericks. We you know we talk about um, change at the cellular level. Um, so right. there is so much depth to this. It's just fantastic. And it is. we've just kind of touched on the surface with some very practical ways about how people can strengthen their own brains through these five strategies that you've shared with us, Judy. So is there anything else that you would like to add by way of conclusion? Well, I believe in um, loving yourself, having self-compassion. It's something I need to work at because I'm kind of hard on myself. So be self-compassionate, okay? Give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Get out your strength sheet. I leave my strength sheet out. My 24 strengths, I have them out. I have the 10 positive emotions out. So if I get stuck or overwhelmed or, you know, I'm, I'm just not where I want to be, I look at these sheets to remind myself this, this is my way that I can appreciate who I am because if I'm more put together and I feel better about who I am, then I can pay that forward to the world. So, and be kinder. So be kind to yourself. Thanks so much. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you. Well, I'm going to um, put a link to how people can reach out to you, Judy. I have your contact information um, and your social handles, you're, you're active on social media so people can reach you there. And that will be on the show notes page that accompany this particular episode and that will be positivitystrategist.com slash PS63 for people who um, are driving or who don't have the full access to the website but they can kind of um, type that in and they'll quickly get to this particular episode which has been based on the five brain-based success strategies um, for for living your life really. So Judy, um, I'm going to say thank you so much. It's been wonderful to reconnect to finally have this conversation with you. <laughs> Thanks so much <laughs> and, and love to you and all your listeners and uh, positivity be yours. Great. And listeners, if you find value in this show, please let your family, your friends and colleagues know about it. You know, being an agent for positive change motivates many, many, many more people than we can even imagine. We are seeking these practical ways that change us for the good. So I'm signing off. This is PS63. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.